Welcome to a different Welsh Rugby Union podcast for different times. So, there's obviously no rugby going on to review or preview, no events to talk to people. So, for the next few weeks, the Welsh Rugby Union podcast will bring you some in-depth interviews, shining a light on parts of Welsh rugby you may not know all that much about. All conducted perfectly safely, of course, in these difficult times up and down Welsh rugby. This week is a chance to hear at length from the WRU National Exiles Officer Gareth Davis about all the players, men and women, outside Wales who end up pulling on the red jersey at some level, or just taking part in Exiles events to reconnect. There's plenty that most people won't know about this long-running programme. Just to start off with chatting about you, how you came to be in the role that you're in, where you came from in St. David's to living over in England and working in England. Just give us some some background in that and then we'll sort of go into looking at the system itself. I've been involved in the Exiles programme for about 20, 25 years, I suppose, really. It started about 30 years ago. In fact, it is the 30th year. It started in 1990 by a gentleman named Brigadier Rolf James, who... um, originally from Fishguard, a distinguished military career, and um, he formed the Exiles about 30 years ago, as I say, when mainly it was for senior Welsh qualified players. They were based outside Wales and they had a few ad hoc games. And then a few years after that, they focused on sort of under-19s and under-18s players. And then the programme was overseen by gentlemen originally from Llanabother, Terryn Williams, and the programme gathered a lot of momentum then with uh, age grade programmes as well. And Terran's still heavily involved with the London Welsh Rugby Club. And um, I got involved about, say, about 20 years ago, really, mainly from coaching. And then um, it developed from there. And then uh, about four years ago, when the union were looking for someone to oversee the programme on a full-time basis, um, I accepted the offer to do that. So I've been overseeing the programme for just over four years now. When you say sort of originally involved in a in a coaching way, what were you doing? What had taken you to, to England in the first place? I was working in London, but uh, from St. David's, I was spending a lot of time down in Pembrokeshire. And at the same time, I was a fairly regular down at London Welsh. And I got involved with player identification, player coaching for the Exiles programme then. And... Uh, Whilst it was very much centred around London, the South East originally, we then began opening centres throughout England to be, to begin with, and it gathered a bit of momentum that way, really. And as I say, it's grown significantly in, in recent years, and I think now it's become a massively important part of our strategic direction moving forward as the Exiles programme. Going back in the day, it was almost that London Welsh, the club, was... The equivalent, I mean, known as the Exiles, obviously, but that was where Welsh players in, in South East England gravitated to and, and would become part of the system through doing that. So I suppose, is it is it taking that informal basis and trying to formalise it and, and make it that much bigger? I think you're right. It was very much London-centred 20, 25 years ago. And what was missing then, of course, were players based in the Midlands, the Northwest, the Northeast, Scotland, Ireland... Europe and all over the world, really. So it was very much centred there. But the demographics were such that there were a lot of Welsh qualified people 
in the London area, and London Welsh was a London Welsh Rugby Club was a focal part of that. Um, we still have really strong links with London Welsh, and as I said earlier, Terry Williams has been a focal part of the Exiles programme since his start. Is still uh, yeah, heavily involved there, so we still maintain strong links with London Welsh. But I think what we realised a few years ago was really really important that we were uh, we broadened our horizons a little bit, and as I say. Now, this is very much a worldwide programme rather than a UK programme. And over that time as well, I imagine it's got far more professional rather than just waiting for people to come to you and say, actually, my grandfather's from, from Wrexham or whatever, to doing a bit more searching yourselves or a mixture of the two, probably, is it? I think you're right. I mean, I think the, the focus is clearly to identify, monitor and potentially recruit Welsh qualified players that are based outside Wales. I mean, this is a high performance programme, but at the same time, there is an opportunity for every Welsh qualified player that's based outside Wales to come into the system in some way, particularly for young players. We've now got in the region of 2,000 players aged between 12 and 20 in the programme. On top of that, we're actively monitoring over 100 elite senior players who are Welsh qualified and based outside Wales. And these are all players who could feature as regional squads of the future and senior squad succession planning. So it's a combination of two ways of recruiting players, really. Yes, we've got a huge, huge network of, of scouts and contacts to help with uh, identification and nom nominations. And also, of course, when a parent comes to us or comes to me and says my son or daughter is Welsh qualified he or she's 14 or 15 uh, we, we don't live in Wales are there any opportunities in the Welsh rugby union pathway for him or her and the answer is categorically yes there is and there's loads of evidence of that in recent years of players doing really well via the program so yeah there's two aspects of it really there's the proactive side of identifying players and at the same time we're contacted constantly by people who would like to nominate players to be in the programme. So it's not just a question of going through all the squad lists and picking out people called Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a Reese Evans. It's a bit of a start of a, a, start of a 10 if you see a Williams or a Jones. But then uh, when you see the 20s squads at the moment, I don't think I'd have given um, Seo Bavacria a second look if I was just looking at a team sheets to be fair yeah. um, but you're right it does give us a it does give us a bit of an indication certainly uh, people probably don't know that much about the games that you play as an XR's program and how it's involved so it isn't just about cherry picking you are looking to develop squads at the age groups and those squads will play matches against uh, the Welsh regions and so on yeah we do it's something I was keen to introduce when I came on board about about four years ago really I think it's really important that we can identify the right players who've got the potential to do well in the pathway in Wales and to do that these players need the right level of exposure so it's important as far as we can that we can measure these players against the best age grade players in Wales so at the same time we're not in the business of dragging players from all over Europe and all over the world down to South Wales to take part in matches just for the sake of it so there's a very robust process in place to identify the players who we think have the potential to be elite players in our pathway so it's really important to get that balancing act right but there are intentionally very few fixtures in the program because 
for those players that are based outside Wales, there's probably enough rugby for them anyway with their school commitments. Maybe they're playing for county rugby, maybe they're involved in academy rugby. So it's important that the events that we do have are significant, that are really relevant to the player and they're really relevant to our pathway opportunities in Wales. So suppose it's a case of getting the right player at the right event against the right players and get the right level of exposure. And so we've got pretty much every confidence in the pathway opportunities that we've got really. So the standard of age grade rugby in Wales is really, really high. So it is a tricky balancing act to try and make sure we get the right players at the right events. But uh, as I say, I think engagement is an important part of it as well. So we try and engage with as many players as we can as well. It's always important the base of the pyramid is as big as possible. And even if you're looking at the at the tip of the pyramid eventually, you're engaging those people with their, their Welsh family background and some of them will never make it. But is there still an important element for, for everybody involved in the programme? Yeah, absolutely. And I can't emphasise that enough here. You know, what, what is making it? You know, and, that, and that's the thing. Yes, I suppose there are two strands to what we're trying to do here. We've got a participation and engagement players who are Welsh qualified and enjoy being part of the pathway and enjoy being part of what we can offer within the Welsh Rugby Union. And also there are the elite high performance players who think have got the potential to play regional rugby in Wales, national age grade rugby in Wales, or feature in our senior succession planning when we're looking forward to the next World Cup, the next World Cup after that and so on. And of course, another factor of that as well as the residency period now. We, like every other country, has to satisfy Regulation 8 of uh, the World Rugby Regs. So the player has to be born in Wales and may have moved away from Wales, or the player has one parent born in Wales, or the player has one grandparent born in Wales. Now, previously, the uh, the three-year residency was an area we were able to use, as, as did every other country. But now with the five-year residency, it's really, really difficult to think that we might be able to engage with players from outside of Wales who aren't naturally Welsh qualified, bring them into the system, and within five years they become Welsh qualified. So the Exiles programme is now a massively important part of our strategic planning and our succession planning moving forward. So yeah, there's two prongs to it really. We've got a lot of the players that are in the system. We active, worked actively with universities and schools in Wales to give them opportunities as they need to. But as I say, we're pretty comfortable in the level of engagement that we can offer all the players that are in the programme. And how much is it an intention to feed them into the national age grades, particularly you know, 16s, 18s, uh, 20s in particular? How much is it to try and maybe feed them into Welsh universities, as you say? Or how much is it just to keep tags? You, you, know, you look at a, you know, a player like Ross Moriarty. Nick Tompkins played England under 20s, but you're now pulling on the red shirt of Wales. So... Is there a balancing act between all those, you know, where you capture them, so to speak? There is. And as I say, I think we must lose sight of the fact that this is a high performance programme. I work really closely with uh, under-18s head coach Chris Horsman, under-19s head coach Garrett Lewis and under-20s coach Gareth Williams. We work really closely in relation to player identification, succession planning and so on. And that then automatically, not necessarily automatically, that can feed into the regional system as well. But it is a case of monitoring monitoring players as opposed to capturing them and bringing them into the system. And there's a lot a lot of that going on behind the scenes as well, particularly with the senior players that are based outside Wales and uh, who are contracted now elsewhere. So there's a lot of that 
goes on as well in, in conjunction with the age grade side of it. But yeah, the Exiles programme has produced a number of age grade internationals in, in recent years. And um, I think when I think of our current 20 squad, probably six of those have been in the Exiles programme since we were 14 and 15. Player mentioned earlier, Theo Bavacqua from Sussex. He's probably been with us since he was about 14. He's got a grandmother born in Aberystwyth. Harry O'Connor, originally from Dorset. Uh, Archie Griffin, Wiltshire. Ed Gregg from Dorset. Bradley from Surrey. Ellis Bevan from Warwickshire. All these players have been with us since they were about 14 and 15, and it's great to see them doing so well in our age grade programmes at the moment. But as I say, on top of that, we work really closely with the universities as well, where players combine their rugby development with their academic progress, I suppose. And that is an important part of it. And you look at the 20 squad, as you say, and yeah, that's a significant percentage of the players involved in it. And, and when they can beat England and France and so on, those players are pretty important players for it. That must give you a lot of satisfaction. It, it is, but the standard is really high in, in, in Wales. We forget how high our, our regional age grade standard is. And it's to credit these individuals that they've got a great attitude, great work ethic, and they buy into the programmes and buy into the opportunities that, that we give them. As I said earlier, the university pathway is important, with um, three of the main rugby playing universities in Wales now playing the Buck Super League. That really helps the transition into senior rugby. We've got really strong links with all the all of the, the, four, the four regions, so we engage with those regularly about players and player monitoring, player succession planning, player recruitment and so on. Of course, what's important for these players is that, they, that we provide a pathway for them where they can manage their rugby development with their academic progress if that's what they like, and that relationship with the university is really important. How much of an issue is it for you? We hear an awful lot about players uh, being attracted over to England sort of between the 16 to 20 age group, be it Tommy Raphael going to Leicester or... You know, Sam Costello or people going to Hartbury or you know some of the public schools in England or some of the top universities like Bath being used as a carrot to get people across. Uh, presumably your aim is to make sure that even if they leave Wales, they don't leave the Welsh system. Yeah, absolutely. These are potentially life-changing opportunities for these, uh, for these young, young players and we certainly wouldn't uh, stand in their way to prevent them doing that. Once they leave Wales... They then form part of the Exiles programme, they come into the programme. I will go and meet them or meet the parents and talk about the level of engagement that they can expect from the Welsh Rugby Union while they're based outside Wales and we'll keep monitoring them accordingly. And as I say, these are life-changing opportunities for some of, some of these players. But that said, we've got outstanding college system at the moment in Wales producing some really, really good players. We've got really good rugby programmes at places like Llandovery College, Christ College Brecon, Monmouth School, where there are a lot of exiles players going to for their sixth form study. So we've got confidence in the opportunities that we've got in Wales, sixth form players, um, but understand as well that it's very tempting for some players to go over the border, particularly to England perhaps, and look at the opportunities that they've got there. But at the same time, they remain Welsh qualified, and then we monitor their progress carefully. So those players come through the system and then they go into a senior level of rugby, be it in England or, or be it in Wales, but you're still monitoring them and you're still meeting them, talking to them, talking to them and their families all the time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got limited resources, but at the same time, you know, we, I think building that relationship with a player, building that relationship with parents is really important. Um, you know, the player numbers aren't huge in Wales, so when we identify, when we when we identify a player that 
we think has got the potential to do really well either age grade or become a regional player or feature in our national succession planning. It's really important that the player understands the significance of the pathway that's available and the parents understand that as well. So yeah, there's a lot of time goes into building those relationships. And you know, we may not engage directly with the player for a year or two, but at the same time, we're monitoring their progress and monitoring their development. So that's a really important part of what we do. And you talk about keeping in close touch with Chris Horsman, Garrett Lewis, Gareth Williams. That takes it through to 23, but also for some of the players, the likes of Wayne Pivak as a new Welsh coach. Are they closely involved in the system as well? Yeah, Wayne's really keen. Wayne's really keen on the program. He understands the significance of it entirely. When he was at the Scarlets, there were a lot of exiles players who were engaged with the Scarlets products of the exiles program. Wayne understood the significance of it entirely, just as he does now in his uh, in his new, new role. Martin Phillips and the board totally behind the program, and again they understand entirely the significance of it and enti- and understand what an opportunity this is for Welsh qualified players that are based outside Wales and you know we're actively monitoring the same players New Zealand and Australia Canada only recently we had players over play over from France on a trial period play over from Canada on a trial period so we're very proactive and we need to be so from my point of view when we suddenly see a press release that a player is coming from Australia or New Zealand or South Africa or wherever and it says in the press release is Welsh qualified through a family member that's not happening by accident no it's it's not a fluke you know we were closely with agents we were closely with contacts all all, all, all over, over the place and if a player is, is, is Welsh qualified meeting the criteria we talked about before mindful as I said earlier about the five-year residency now it's important that we uh, make contact and monitor their potential and as I said we've got every confidence as the path of opportunity of these players in Wales if they're the standard that we're looking for the scale of it you were talking about, a couple of thousand on the books, a hundred at the elite end. I imagine that that's bigger than I than I thought it was, and I imagine that's bigger than most people would think it is. It's gathered a huge amount of momentum in the last four years or so. I mean, it's been it's, it's, it's produced a lot of age-grade players over the years. But I think what we've tried to do in the last, last few years is work a little bit more strategically. And it's not just about playing for the exiles, a significant achievement that might be for some players. It is about engaging them and looking at the long-term opportunities that they have, which will benefit them as individuals, not just as rugby players, but in other aspects of their life for their own social development, their personal development and so on. And then making sure we've got a credible pathway for them in Wales, not just on the rugby field, but off the rugby field as well. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Exiles programme is, is, is gathering such momentum it has in, in recent years. But yeah, potential remains huge. You can talk to, and you know, in my case, interview some of the under-20s, and they've been brought up in England, but they're now coming back into the Welsh system, joining Welsh regions, playing for Wales under-20s. Their pathway is, is fairly clear. But let's jump ahead a step almost and go back a few months when everybody's going, all the centres in Wales are injured. Who on earth is going to play for Wales in midfield in the Six Nations? And then suddenly Nick, Nick Tompkins, no one knew he was Welsh. How does something like that come about? How does that suddenly happen? As I alluded to earlier, it's a combination of a few things, really. As I say, there, there are players we're actively monitoring now who, unless you're really, really close to the game, unless people are really close to the game, won't have heard of. But, you know, they're Welsh qualified. They're either born in Wales and moved, moved abroad or parents moved abroad or grandparents moved abroad. So it's a matter for us then to just to 
keep monitoring their progress, keep in touch with them, and monitor the contract lengths and where, where they are, making sure the regions know of their existence, gathering enough information as we can about them, so that the player knows that there's an opportunity in Wales for them, should they be interested in exploring that route. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of background goes into it, and it's not just about what you see turning out on the pitch on a, on a, on a, on a Saturday afternoon. And just as the under-20s, most of these players are, are unknowns, and for some of them it's maybe the highest level of play. But what they are, they're in the Welsh system, in the Welsh pathway, they're studying in Wales, most of them. We've got every confidence in the pathway that's available to them. I mean, with the Welsh qualification system for caps at the moment, that if they don't have a sufficient number of caps and they've been capped once and they're not based in Wales, this is a system that may change one day, but at the moment it's it's what's in. When you go to a 14, 15-year-old and it's likely that if they if they are that good, they would have to live in Wales in the long run. Is is that a positive, negative or an issue? How does that work? Of course, it is a factor, certainly. If we're interested in, I don't know if there's a player in South Africa, for example, who's 17, 18, who's got a Welsh-born grandparent. OK, realistically, how are we going to get him into the system in Wales? We've done our research, we've spoken to a lot of people, we've got all the information we need we need about him we think there's an opportunity for him so realistically how are we going to get him into the system in Wales and that's the challenge and I think that's what we try and do is focus on each player's own personal circumstances really and just try and work out how we can get them in the in the system so for that player from South Africa that'd be really really difficult is he going to come to Wales to study if so we will facilitate all the introductions for him to do that is he of an age where he's in a position to move to Wales for a six-month trial period? If so, we facilitate that with one of the regions. So it's each very much each player on its merits, really. So it's really difficult to give a sort of generic answer about it because but there are a variety of options that we look at. But certainly, leaving home is is a big factor. And I mentioned earlier we work closely with Tendubby College, Christ College Brecon, and Monmouth School. So there's a lot of players who come into Wales to do their sixth form studies, for example, and they're from the Exiles programme as well, and they link up with the regions then. So, again, that's another aspect of it. But it is tricky. It's not straightforward. Yeah, and as you say, personalised. I mean, going going forward, there are more people around the, w- the world who are Welsh qualified than there are people in Wales. So every country is trying to get a, as, as much of an edge as they possibly can. You've got the player numbers in England and France in particular, which you're trying to compete with. So how important do you think this system will always be for Welsh rugby to be able to compete on that world stage? I think once the re- now that the residency has gone from three to five, that, that's been a real a realisation to us, really, that identifying the elite Regulation 8 players, but that means Welsh qualified other than residents, is now key to our long-term succession planning and our strategies moving forward. So the player numbers in in Wales are are okay, but then when you look at the system in England, for example, one of the 14 academies in England is picking for more than the whole of the teenagers playing in Wales almost. So it is an area for us to explore further. And really moving forward, I think it's only going to get stronger and bigger. And I suppose uh, almost the final question to sum up, if you go back to the beginning and, and your first involvement in, in rugby in England and, 
and London Welsh and the connections and compare it to now and where it's going to go? I mean, how great is that contrast? There's been fantastic work done over the years. Uh, as I said earlier, the, the Brigadiers is well known in rugby circles, started off. Um, there was different challenges in that environment. And uh, Terran Williams then gathered huge amount of momentum when Terran Williams was uh, was leading the programme. But it still has a lot of challenges now. Access to players is difficult. Uh, it's difficult to focus on their individual skill developments. It's difficult to focus on their analysis of their games. And as I said earlier, the regional age rate standard in Wales is really high. And so it's difficult to try and balance out these exiles players with the how they manage the pace and intensity that we've got in age grade players in Wales. But as I say, there are so many players in the system. Now it's difficult to gauge them all. And um, so one of the things we've done to try and counteract that is we have a series of camps. We have a one-day camp in Nottinghamshire, a one-day camp in London, a one-day camp in Bristol. And that's to so we can have as many Welsh qualified players come there as we can. And we bring our top regional age grade coaches in Wales to deal with those. So that's the sort of creative bit of way we've had to work really to try and engage as many players as we can. And I suppose just finally, it's obviously a very difficult times at the moment and there's no rugby going on. How does that affect you? Uh, you're checking people's family trees and so on i don't know how deeply you go into that but there's stuff that can go on and there's stuff that obviously isn't what what's the, your take on what's going on at the moment uh, absolutely clearly these are very very difficult and unprecedented times and uh, not just about the rugby community certainly but uh, no this is a good opportunity to uh, develop building relationships with players relationships with agents relationships with parents making sure for example we've got dozens and dozens and dozens of under 18s doing their I think a levels at the moment a lot of those want to go to universities in wales so we're just making sure that their offers are in place making sure that uh, that the regions know that they're coming into the system so there's still plenty going on behind the scenes i can assure you well, Gareth, it's been a, a pleasure to hear more about what is such an important part of the Welsh rugby system. We see the people running on onto the field of the Principality Stadium and whenever there's a new cap or someone playing for Wales, the coaches and the teachers will all feel that buzz of pride. When you see someone who's been brought up in England, you must feel that buzz of pride as well. I think it's just great for the parents and the, and the player and all those connected with these young players from a very young age, from their school coaches and the club coaches and so on, to make them realise that there's a a really credible pathway in the Welsh system for players of all standards and abilities. Gareth, thanks very much for your time. Although we didn't cover that area as much, the programme applies fully to both boys and girls, men and women. So that's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Keep coming back over future weeks for some more interesting interviews shining a light on all areas of Welsh rugby. Or check back through the archive to find something that interests you. But until then, goodbye.